what's going on guys, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Creative In Focus and today guys we have a special guest. If you guys are watching this from YouTube, you probably know who it is. Uh, he's very famous around the world. Can say. <laughs> so before, you know, rather than me introducing who's the guest, let the guest introduce himself. So, guest, who are you? I am not famous around the world <laughs> for a start. <laughs> so um, who are you? My name, I'm Daniel, Daniel Adams, um, Daniel Adams Photography, like whatever you want to refer to me as. Um, I am a 24-year-old conceptual photographer based in Malaysia, well, conceptual portrait photographer based in KL. Um, and I don't know what else to say about myself. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, um, I know it's like a bit afternoon right now, but I dehydrate your coffee. I don't drink coffee. Oh my God. So what do you drink to wake up? Um, nothing. That's why I'm always so tired. Oh my god. <laughs> then you should, you know, coffee sponsor, please sponsor us some coffee so Daniel can be waking up every day energized by caffeine. <laughs> I hate coffee, but sure, I'll drink it if it's All right. So, Daniel, um, of course, everybody knows you from um, a photographer, a conceptual photographer as well. Even mm -hmm. uh, when I met you first time, I know you through doing conceptual photography. That was one of the projects, right? Yeah. So, I want to ask you, like, why do you choose conceptual photography? Why not other photography like, you know, portraits, landscape, boudoir? Um, I, that's quite hard, I think, to answer. But um, I chose that, I think, because with photography, I, I'm very bad at my words. I tend to stumble my words. I don't know what to say a lot of the time. Um, so I think I was trying to find a medium where I was able to like relay my emotions and my feelings and what I was thinking and the, like the thoughts and processes in my head um, to an audience or like to whoever I wanted to see it, right? Um, and I stumbled upon like conceptual photography through Flickr at the time because like Flickr was such a big thing, right? At the time, do you know when you stumbled upon it, this is conceptual photography? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I was looking at a lot of like Tumblr. This was when I was like 13, 14. Wow. So I was looking at Tumblr. a lot of Tumblr things, okay. you know, <laughs> cool. Flickr. Um, and it was just a lot to... There was, a, there, was a, there was a lot of... There were a lot of like Flickr photographers and Tumblr photographers who were very conceptualized and like very conceptual based. Um, and that was quite interesting. So I think that's where I kind of got it from. I like, I grasped it. I took a So that was like, it. you know... Love at first sight. Yeah, <laughs> like kind of. of. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Which is very cool. So, do you still remember which art you look at first? Um, I remember I used to f I follow like Joel Robinson, who is amazing and such a nice person. <laughs> um, Shout out. Uh, and then there was like Sarah Ann Loreth and. Um, so those these are the people that actually inspired you yeah. to take over. Okay. Yeah, and there was like a there were, there was a big there was there wasn't a big but there was a small Flickr community in KL as well. I think kind of everyone knew each other. Ah. I mean, kind of everyone like bounced each bounced ideas off of each other mm. um, within KL. So that was quite interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So like, have you ever thought like you know, um, down the line of doing conceptual photography, do you ever have a thought of, you know what? I don't feel like conceptual photography is my thing. Do I, do I need to try another things? Do you ha have you ever thought of that? No. Okay. Just because... Um, is that the ice cream van? Do you want to... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, guys, if you, can, if you guys can hear the ice cream truck, so sorry about that. <laughs> um, no, I haven't actually. Like, I do conceptual photography, but I delve into like... portraiture, like standard portraiture, and um, event photography, and... Um, what else do I do? <laughs> what is uh, I do product photography sometimes, oh, you know. Okay. I do fashion photography. I like my photos mm -hmm. recently have become 
conceptual, but more of like a fashion conceptual. Ah. There's like it's conceptual with like an element of fashion, like put into there mm-hmm. in some way or another. Um, so I haven't technically. I always want to work with people mm-hmm. because I like to be in control. I guess a lot of the time, and I think with conceptual photography is that I get to be in control. Ah. I get to like create this world and I get to create my own create your like, own idea. image yeah ah. um, whereas a lot of the times other sorts of photography it, there's I don't know it's like you don't have as much control as you do mm. as you want it means you're actually building your own world through a photo yeah yeah cool alright so let's talk about the process like how do you actually come up with an idea and how is that process until beginning middle and the end <sighs> Um, it's a very long process. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay guys, if you guys want to, if you want to know a detailed process, right? He actually did like an Instagram post in his stories. Uh, go to Instagram. Uh, where can we, where can we find you from Instagram? At Daniel Adams Photography. And that will be in his stories, like the thought process. So let's give like a short synopsis of that process. Okay, okay. so I have a like run through of it. Uh, okay. So my creative process is I have eight steps, mm-hmm. right? I have my idea, my plan, my research, I edit it, the organization, uh, the purchasing, the shooting, the post-production. Mm-hmm. So I come up with the idea, right? I have an idea in my head, I put it down, I write it down and see what happens. Okay. So usually um, the ideas come like, like, recent, like just pop up somewhere? Or, yeah. Oh. So I'll be, a lot of the ideas come like just as I'm about to fall asleep, which is really, really It's <laughs> okay. just as a, and then I can't be bothered to write it down. Then I wake up in the morning, I'm like, you I just forget don't it. Don't remember. Ah, it. yeah, okay. Um, I, I think we all been through that thing. Yeah, all the yeah. Time. Um, so I think the idea, it's so important to write it down. So I always keep a notebook next to my bed now. Mm. Um, but it can be like, if I'm walking down the street, mm-hmm. if I see something, if I see someone else's art and I get mm-hmm. inspired by it, if I go to a museum, go to a gallery, mm-hmm. if I do like a bunch of other stuff, mm-hmm. or if I am sitting down and actually just looking at things to be inspired by. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be random, it could not be random. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, so then the idea, then I plan it out. I plan out that idea, I like kind of break it down and see how different elements work within each other. So when you say like uh, planning out, right, like you say you actually love to work with people as well. Mm-hmm. Do you have like, a, do you always pick the person, um, the same person for every project or do you actually have, um, like you thought of this idea or oh, this person would be so good for this idea okay. or do you just do it afterwards? It depends. Okay. So that comes within the planning bit, right? Okay. Like, um, there are certain projects where mm-hmm. It's just about looks that ah, might okay. fit a certain idea, mm-hmm. whereas like other projects, it's a specific person that will fit that idea uh-huh. because of like the meaning behind the work. Okay, we will get into that. What the meanings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mic, uh, yeah. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry guys, if the, if you can hear Daniel' voice is like going up and down because so I keep like, like swinging <laughs> this around my bed. Okay. Um, okay, so this idea, then this is planning, and I plan everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after planning it, I, then I do my research. Mm. So I go in and like figure out. So if I'm do, if I want to do a project about um, I don't know, let's say like cultural norms in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So I plan everything out, see what I was gonna, what I want to do, and mm-hmm. see what comes from my head first and then I go and do the research to see what the cultural norms like um, what are the different cultures here and then I break it down into the different um, topics that I need to research for mm-hmm. the project um, <laughs> and then from that I go and edit my plan wow 
Yeah. So do you usually like okay, like with photo ma? Photo is like more yeah. illustration. Do you actually draw it out like how yeah, what actually, kind of poses do you do it? Um <sighs> If the project is very specific mm-hmm. then yes. Oh, okay. Like the most recent project I did then yes. Oh. Um just because like so the most recent project I did was an illuminated road and that was mm-hmm. for KL 2020. Okay. Um and I took 20 creatives from KL who I feel are kind of paving the way for the next generation of creatives. Yep. I've seen some of them also yeah. as well, but um, it's especially damn good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but so that one's super specific okay. based on each photo that conceptualized from a bunch of answers that they gave me from a que- from questions oh. I sent to them. Um, so that one's super specific, so I had to draw that one out. Oh, just okay. so that I could like get it right mm-hmm. whilst planning it and then shooting it. Mm-hmm. Um, But for example, like dark skinners, mm-hmm. that one, like we didn't, we didn't draw anything out. Oh, that was just entirely. Just, yeah, on the spot. we wanted like one group photo, and then we kind of like came up with the rest after. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I from from the looks of if you guys don't know what's that photo, but go check it out. From the looks of it, right, it it looked really like a planned shoot. Yeah. Like legit, you like okay, I want this person to stand here, pose like this. It doesn't didn't look like. I think cat. Huh? Had a lot of planning on her <laughs> side. I think. Okay, we were having the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Ask her how was Daniel organization and planning. <laughs> I think what we did was because for that project, like we had that one was very different. Also because we had like a casting process, we had like mm-hmm. a styling session. Wow. We had to go and buy all the cloth to style them in. We had a. We had one of our friends who came in as a stylist and like mm-hmm. helped tie up everything. Wow. By the way, guys. Okay, wait. Do you get paid for this kind of stuff or not? No, no, right. So you no, you can no, see the level no, of dedication no, when they actually use their own money to buy stuff, guys. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> everything is self-funded. Sponsors great, um, but yeah, honestly, I need to go and find sponsors or grants mm. and stuff. But I can't be. The only problem is that I cannot be bothered when I want to do a project. I want to do it now. Ah, I don't want like to have urgency. to like. Yeah, I don't want okay. to like write it down, save it for later, and then go and get a grant. Mm. To create that project because it just it frustrates me because I'm just wasting time. Mm-hmm. So I might as well just go and do my own like, like I might as well do all the commercial stuff. Be your own boss. <laughs> yeah, do all the commercial stuff which is a bit boring sometimes, mm-hmm. but yeah. it, you know makes the money. And then I do my personal project which is great. All right. So I mean, like you say, like finding sponsors is like a bit hard, but is that because of the demand of you know conceptual photographers in KL or in Malaysia? Is it no very low or very high? It's very low. Very low. What what makes you say that? Because okay, so I was talking to my friend the other day about mm-hmm. this. Um, what I want to see in I think what I want to see in like the advertising industry here, yep. right, is like a lot more conceptualized stuff, a lot more like fun, exciting, extravagant, kind of like out of the box kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. But what we have at the moment is very uh, straightforward, very blunt advertising, mm. right? Just because the target audience, that's what they want. The type of audience they cater to, which is in Asia, which is Malaysia. Which is Malaysia. Malaysians in general, like they don't understand art, they don't understand okay. conceptual conceptual stuff, right? Yeah. They want, yep. they want very straightforward. They want to see the product and be like, oh, okay, that's the product I want to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, what I want to see is what like is in Italy or in the UK or in America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very Western sort of type thing. What I want to see is the very, the very like avant-garde kind of stuff. Wow! Right, and that's all in like Italy and France and blah blah and Germany or whatever. Um, but there's also a lot of that in like Thailand 
and Thailand. Yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, okay. I've seen a bunch of stuff like that in Thailand and like Vietnam um, and China. Wow. In China, there's some really cool stuff. Wow. China, um, as well. Japan. Oh yeah, Japan. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that's not what the target audience here wants. And obviously, like, when I think target audience, I'm like, what are you talking about? Everyone in KL is so forward thinking and progressive. Yeah. Then you realize you're in a KL bubble and that the rest of Malaysia is not like KL. Yeah. You know, I like mean, if they want to cater to a, the whole Malaysia, it's Yeah, hard. it's so different. Like the mass, the majority of people don't, are, are not like the people who live in KL. Mm. Like the people who live in KL see so much all the time. Okay. Um, and they may have a better understanding of certain types of like advertising and stuff, yeah. but people who live outside of KL don't... Basically outside the city. Yeah, outside yeah. of the city in general. Like yeah. they don't necessarily want to see complicated adverts. They just want to see... Nah, here's the product. Straightforward. <laughs> yeah, it's like, here's the product. Do you want to buy it or not? Mm-hmm. Was, it, was that like... Do you have, do you have uh, receive any jobs re- involving commercial... I mean, conceptual? Conceptual photography? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But they're definitely not like big. Like, like the very small companies. They're more smaller companies. They're more mm-hmm. like companies who want to try something different okay um but also because um more conceptualized images tend to be how do i describe this so i was talking to my other friend the other day right mm-hmm. okay and she was saying that they learned in uni mm-hmm. about graphic design right and um graphic design and target audiences and um advertising okay so this links back to what i was saying just now and basically, um, adverts with very sleek modern designs mm-hmm. tend to be related to like the mass market with very atas brands. Uh, so then they're just like, okay. oh, I cannot afford that anyway. I'm not going to even bother looking at it. Okay. So a lot of the time, they use very like basic graphic design, mm-hmm. like just the standard like kind of ugly <laughs> graphic design. So that it's not related to very atas brands and like they don't have very expensive uh, uh, tag prices, price tags, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a lot to do with the mentality of people. Yeah. I so I feel like conceptual photography would relate to... The KL people. The KL people, but also relate to it being a bit more atas because it's just... Because they wouldn't understand it. Yeah, and then I think, you know, that's a branded item. Yeah. The, Probably the they're doing yeah. something right. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. La, I mean, if you look at Apple doing something like that, yeah. they wouldn't question it. But if they see like a very uh, cheap luck, a very cheap brand doing yeah, it, no, they would exactly. be like, I don't understand what you're doing. Because I understand cheap. Yeah. When, when, they are, when they are not very branded people, their main intention is to make money. Yeah. And when they're doing ads and it's not making money for them, they don't think the relevance of, you know, no, doing, exactly, yeah, exactly. doing a conceptual photograph. Okay, but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if I'm right. Like, this is just an opinion. Okay, it's, okay. all of this <laughs> are from our own opinion. We are not the naysayers of what's happening in the commercial. Yeah. So, if you guys think it's wrong, just comment below and give us your opinion. Maybe Let me know, because yeah. I'm very open to learning. But that's what I've like, kind of like mm-hmm. discussed with other people at the moment. And kind of like, that's the gist that I'm getting of mm-hmm. the industry at the moment. Okay. So do you see like uh, in the near future, right? Do you think that because right now during MCO, right, people are trying new new stuff. Mm-hmm. People are trying to get as many content out there as possible and trying new new stuff. Do you think conceptual photography might have a space for that? Um, I mean, definitely. I think conceptual photography already has a space in KL. Okay. It's a small one, but it's growing. I think the art scene is growing. Yep. 
and a lot of people have been uh, coming up with like very good conceptual artists like different different photographers like yeah. you Katria and uh, what's the guy name uh, John something yeah Captain John yeah John. yeah, yeah. Um, I think there is definitely a market for it I mm-hmm. think it's slowly growing mm-hmm. um, I think the arts industry is very segregated but there are people who want to make it grow and kind of like bring it together you know um, create a demand for it like. yeah create a demand for it um I don't know. My thought process is just, just gone. Sorry, hold on. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I knew he's gonna say that. I knew he's gonna say that. Yeah, but then like, from from the way like we you see in the future, right? Yeah. Do you think that conceptual photography is gonna have a spot? Right. Okay. From um, commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think. No, I don't think here. At least. Oh, not in KL. I don't think. I think there will be like a few bits and pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to be the main go-to kind of thing. But um, also, like, conceptual photography, well, mine at least, is very, like, a weird blend between, like, conceptual photography and, like, fine art photography. So it's, like, a conceptual oh. fine art portraiture. Oh, okay. I, I don't know how to describe it, honestly, so I just say it's conceptual photography. Mm. Um, uh, there's, like, I don't know, it's just the commercial work that I do is not conceptual. Mm. The commercial work that I do is very... Um, Standard, yep. standard portraits. You know, standard commercialized looking jobs. Yep, yep, yep. And work um, yep. that pays the bills and helps me survive. Yeah, I mean, there's no wrong in that. Like, like yeah. you have to pay the bills somehow. But, yeah. Also, yeah. the conceptual stuff. Like, I it's my own ideas, and I I like doing that. And yeah. like, it's not my own personal projects, so I create personal projects. But because I'm creating personal projects, it like is it became... it helps my portfolio. Yeah. And because of that, like, people see what I'm able to do, mm-hmm. and then they end up hiring me because of that. Ah. Or, like, what I'm... So what you're producing I'm content because, like, yeah. then people might approach you, hey, you know what, I like this idea, why yeah. don't we can try this for our own brand? No, exactly. So people, ah. people approach me now to, because I've worked with topics of, like, diversity and inclusivity. Oof. So nice. they're coming to me and trying to do that. Um, like, August Man reached out to me and was like, hey, we're doing a diversity... Uh, a spread based on like diversity and inclusivity mm-hmm. in the industry. We want you to shoot it because you've done it before. Mm, okay. Cool. Um, so it's nice to be recognized for my style, mm-hmm. but like, that's my end goal. Okay. To be hired because of like what Your I've work. done, my work. Yeah. Um, and my work obviously will be my personal project. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of your own works, right? You've done a lot of notable works, and some of them has been like, you know, uh, what's the word? Advertised in some platforms. Like the one I can, I've personally worked with you is one is called A Love One's Lost. And then the other one is the Batik series, which I haven't worked with you, but I've seen it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Posted in different, different platforms. But so let's talk about that. Why did you actually decided to do those two things? Um, let's uh, start with A Love One, A Love One's Lost. Okay. Uh, so yeah. A Love One's Lost, <laughs> I decided to do mm-hmm. because my mom passed away three and a half years now, mm-hmm. three and a half years ago. Um, and I came back to KL and I was like, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. So I saw a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, why don't you put all your feelings and emotions into your work? And I was like, wow, that's actually so smart. I don't know why I didn't think about it before. <laughs> um, so I started doing that. It took me like a year and a half, two years to create. Yep. Um, I listed down all the emotions that I felt that I, f- that I think I felt, mm-hmm. that I thought that I felt, that's mm-hmm. it. That okay. I thought that I felt during 
my mom's like passing. Okay. Um, and then from there, I kind of like conceptualized it. I kind of broke down each emotion mm -hmm. to why I felt it, how I felt it, and when I felt it. Mm. Um, and then from that, I conceptualized a photo based on each of that. Um, and yeah, that was amazing because it was a really good process and a good journey for me. I was able to compartmentalize all my feelings. Um, and I feel it was a good way for me to like, it was very therapeutic in a way. Mm. Um, plus I was being creative and it was super fun and I was working with all my friends and um, see for that one, specific people was very important because yep. I wanted to choose people who... Involve in your... With your mom. Yeah, so they yep. had a very close relationship with both myself and my mom. Okay. Um, and it was a lot of like my mom's best friends and my best friends. Mm -hmm. So that was really nice. And I worked with Mandy, who's an ama amazing makeup artist. Shout out Mandy. Um, <laughs> amazing, amazing makeup artist. Great makeup artist. If you ever need like makeup, makeup done, like SFX <laughs> or like standard glam stuff, just Mandy. Yeah, Mandy, Mandy didn't pay us to talk about her. Yeah, Vin if you will, want to, Mandy, Vin will link her um, Instagram below because I can't remember her handle right now. <laughs> Good friend. <laughs> Imagine Mandy just comment lol. Oh my god, that's so awkward. Um, okay, what was I saying? Um, yeah. Compartmentalize my feelings, blah, 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 blah. So do you like, actually, there was a total of 10 parts, right? There were 13 emotions. 13 okay. So do you actually wrote down every 13 or was it like an accumulated thought process? No, so I wrote down all 13 at the beginning. On the spot? Yeah. Oh, so okay. um, I think it took me a week or two to kind of figure out all the feelings I felt. Okay. Um, and I wrote down the 13 emotions um, throughout the two weeks. Mm -hmm. Just, I think as the days kind of passed, I kind of realized there were more emotions I was feeling and wow. stuff like that. Um, but that was amazing. Um, there were like 50 photos in the end. Wow. <laughs> there were like 50, between 40 and 50 photos, something okay. like that. At the end, um, you eventually uh, sold it off for charity, then, right? Yeah, we had that big exhibition that yep. was really fun. That was a very stressful time. <laughs> I can see that. Oh my god. I think I contacted Cancer Research in November 2018. Mm -hmm. And then we, I had the show in September 2019. Wow. No, like, wait, wait. sorry, it was like August Madeka weekend. Uh huh. Was it? I don't remember, but yeah, I it, was remember a, it, was, it was around yeah. Madeka weekend last year. Mm, and it took so long. I was doing everything myself. I got all the sponsors myself. The whole exhibition cost about 80,000 ringgit. Wow. To put on. Wow. <laughs> um, but everything was sponsored. Wow. That was amazing. Um, yeah, man. So the drinks, the drinks yeah. was amazing as well. <laughs> that one I paid for a lot. Uh, get out. But with sponsorship from someone else. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, yeah, and then we raised 23,000 ringgit. No, 22,000 ringgit for cancer research. Yeah, and that was donated amazing. fully? Fully to cancer research. Um, that was after... Tax. Um, no, 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 23, yeah, 23,000 ringgit was after um, covering costs. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so... Wow, oh. 23,000 Profit, ringgit, uh. Profit was given to wow. research, which was great, which was oh. amazing, um, which is really, really cool. I'm very thankful to everyone who like donated. It was good because I think what it, I didn't mean to have, I was only supposed to be an auction of the work, ah. but then there was also this booth came in and they were selling um, beautifully made like, there was a booth? Yeah, there was a booth in the right-hand side corner on the front, and they were selling... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were selling right. the bags. Yeah, the bags. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, remember, um, remember. And the mats, and they were so amazing, and they donated half their proceeds to... Charity. To us. Wow. 
Um, and then I didn't think about it, but someone said, why don't you put a donation box because the people who can't afford to buy the prints because the prints were expensive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was auctioning off, right? Yeah, so like yeah. To, to donate. And I was like, that is so smart because then everyone else can donate. And then that donation box had like 10,000 ringgit in it. Wow. Like, which was insane. Literally insane. Thank God the amount of security we had. <laughs> there was no security. <laughs> oh shit! Thank God for the awesome people that donated and didn't steal it. <laughs> so um, um yeah, yeah. That, um a love of one's loss was a, a tribute to your uh, late mom. Yeah. And what about the Bartek series? What was that about? The Bartek series. I think the Bartek series I did. Did it, did that came after a love of one's? Before. Or? Before okay. Um because I was shooting no. Was it? It was right. during. During. Yeah, so A Loved One's Lost, I started writing shit down November 2017, mm-hmm. but then didn't pick it up until I'm... September 2018. Wow. Yeah, because I kind of like was running away from my feelings and all that, you know? <laughs> Trying to avoid it. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, so the Bartek series, I wanted to do a series of images mm-hmm. that kind of like broke down the stereotypes and like the boundaries of women in Malaysia and I just wanted to photograph women mm-hmm. just Malaysian women in a very traditional sense but also kind of bring it into the modern light so I was mixing like these traditional elements and bring and like modern elements and bringing it together um, and just kind of like making that blend in mm-hmm. a way it wasn't like race wise it wasn't ethnicity wise it wasn't like age wise and or gender wise mm-hmm. um, but yeah it just everything came together and it was just really nice yeah. but, but there's a story to it like where do you found all the batiks right because I, I do remember your stories you'd be travelling some places yes. just looking for batiks what was that all about like do you um, have a certain preference to have like I want this kind of batiks not necessarily <laughs> okay I was obsessed with batik for a time before yeah like, time. If, you, if you've seen Definitely Daniel obsessed, Adams Instagram, right? There was like a certain period, right? Everything was batiks. Everything was batik. Um, you still have those though? Yeah. You still have them? I still have them. I still, yeah, I still use it sometimes. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, but I decided to... Oh, no. So basically after my mom passed, what happened was that I found this love for traveling, right? And I would go... I would, tra- I would, tra- I would travel so much just to make sure that like... I escaped reality and like didn't have to deal with everything inside here. Mm. Um, so when I came back, I started working, but I still I was working part time, mm-hmm. so I was still managed to travel once a month. Okay. Um, so I would go somewhere once a month, and everywhere I go, I would go and just look at batik and bring it back. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't matter whether it was in Malaysia. I would go to the islands, find batik, bring it back. Is there like any special batik that you still hold it dear to you? No. No. It's just I like all of them. I think it's oh, also cool. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, but then I'd go to Thailand, I'd bring back Batik from there. I'd go to Cambodia, I'd bring back a Batik from there. Wow. I'd go to like, I think there was like Batik that I brought back from like Myanmar, which was so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Indonesia, bought a bunch of stuff there and brought it back. So it was kind of a, a variety of things, a variety of Batik. But so what, what actually like decide, made you decide to use Batik to showcase this? Because it's not, so why not beautiful. Other stuff? I, I don't know, it's just I love the patterns and the colours and the designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like wearing it, so I thought I might as well use something that I enjoy wearing. And also can use it after the shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I also wanted to do something very Malaysian. Okay. Because, I don't know, part of me, so I'm like half white, or I'm half British, and I feel like coming back to Malaysia, like you 
you don't feel Malaysian enough mm-hmm. um, because the how like I grew up in a very whitewashed household. Ah. Uh, I went to international school. I went to the uni in England. Okay, came back. Um, I don't speak Chinese. Wow. I, Understand Hokkien. I don't really speak Malay okay. very well. It's okay. Everybody here is banana, uh-huh. including our producer next to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very banana. Yeah, very banana. Um, so like, I there's this feeling where you come back and you're like, oh, I'm not Malaysian enough. I don't know what to do. You feel I like something's feel like you missing don't, from yeah, Malaysia. You don't okay. fit in as much. Um, and everyone thinks you're white. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's when I was like, no, I need to do something Malaysian. I need to like. I am a Malaysian person. I need to do Malaysian art. Malaysian Malay. Like, ah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if did, today's podcast has totally been about Malaysia. I have no idea why. <laughs> so I like decided to do this thing, which is honestly like the most Malaysian thing I could think of. Mm. Um, and I ended up really enjoying it and shot like what eight seventy a lot women. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, seventy women. It was all in my car park downstairs in my condo. Car park? Yeah, it was in a car park downstairs in my condo. Um, oh, I thought you shot it in like a studio or Oh my god, no, 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 no. There was one gross dingy like <laughs> light. Okay. Uh, fluorescent light. There was a little batik thing stuck on the wall with tape. Oh shit. Um and I had a phone case at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like that Lumi phone case with the light here so you can take selfies. Oh. But I would turn it around and just shine it on them. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I mean creativity comes from everywhere, my just guess. use what you have, right? Yeah. <laughs> they would change like behind a random car there. I take a photo. I really used what I had. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, that's when I was first first starting out as well, okay. so it was quite difficult for me to okay. gain access to things. So how long have you been doing um, conceptual mm. from start? Since I was like 15. 15. So right now you're 24. Yeah. Wow. So um, if let's say, right, yeah. you haven't, you know, opened Flickr, you haven't even like looked through any website, what will Daniel Adams be right now? I don't know. If, if he haven't even touched about conceptual photography. I wanted to be like a DJ producer. Wow! <laughs> I mean, you got the looks. You can just like... Ugh. I hate that. I absolutely hate it over my head. Um, <laughs> I hate that idea uh-huh. of me... No, I would not be a good DJ or producer. Okay. Uh, but like, I think to produce it and manage things, that would be quite cool. Mm. I also always wanted to be someone's PA. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so if you guys are looking for, you know, Danny Adam as your PA, personal PA, look for him. Uh, what what's your skills and not skills level? I don't know. I haven't. Uh, oh, okay. I'm very good at organizing things. I'm very good at like spreadsheets. <laughs> this has become a resume. <laughs> um, I'm great at documents and putting everything together and relaying information. I'm great at communication and communicating. Plus, he takes photos. I take photos. So um, that's a plus. Exactly. Point I can be a behind the well. scenes photographer. And he's famous. <laughs> None, the f- famous thing not there yet, lah. I'm not even at 10k followers, please. Oh, um, soon, soon, soon. You'll get there, you'll get there, you'll get there. Um, but, yeah, I kind of always wanted to be a PA for some reason. I've always wanted to be like, you know, pick up the call and be like, no, that person's not busy today, don't talk, don't call not again. Not busy today. <laughs> oh, He's shit, busy today. that person is busy today, don't call again. <laughs> and then put it back down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Wow. Um, I mean, you can still do that, but you know, you can... I pretend my own, I'm yeah, my own PA, own right? You can, you can do it. This is what I did. When I was first starting out in my own company, yeah. because you know, like if you want to reject someone, if you reject it from yourself, it looks kind of like, man, this guy is a bitch, man. He keeps rejecting yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. What if it's better if a third person rejected the offer? <laughs> so what I will do is, I have a fake name called. I don't know if my clients are watching this, but I have a fake name called Kevin. Wow. Okay. Okay. My Kevin is my accountant, my producer, my everything. So every time when a phone call come, 
Hi, my name is Kevin. May I, may I know who it is? Oh, if I don't want the project. Oh, I'm so sorry. We are actually tied up for the next three months. Will you be okay with that? And they'll be like, and then just shut down. Or, you know, through email. Hi, my name is Kevin from accounting. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to chase money, use a third person fake name. Lah. I feel like you've just released all your secrets. I know, right? But now this I'm not doing it anymore because uh, <laughs> I, I, do, I still do my own calls and my emails, okay? I will say my name's Vince. Kevin has been retired. <laughs> or in a shelter for, you know, if I want to use it for oh, the next wow. time. Yeah, fair. Politely reject them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, Daniel, uh, before we wrap this up, right? Yeah. Do you see any future for conceptual photography, especially in Malaysia? We're not talking about overseas, right? In Malaysia. Future for conceptual photography. Do you see any uh, bright future for conceptual photography? I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just a very hard question. I think, yes, I do. I think once agencies and clients step out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. then yeah, that'd be great. You know, <laughs> it'd be so great. To, uh, once, in, once they have more representation and inclusivity and diversity in their work, mm-hmm. all their ads and stuff, I think the, that play with conceptualizing images and creating a story behind the images will come into, come into play. But like, there's yeah I think a lot of what the adverts and the what the campaigns and stuff are missing now is a story yep that's right? true yeah usually and it's just like normal photos just yeah different different there's no story yep um, I love the Zalora ad that they did with the um, the TikTok one no the one of them going in the elevator and it's like from all the security cameras and the, that was very cool oh. but a lot of what the campaigns are doing now is just getting a bunch of influencers together and just dancing around yes. in a studio you want to plug that uh, ads <laughs> I'm sorry like I, not to offend anyone but like it's just a bunch of influencers dancing around in a studio and just wearing clothes like the, what, what is I don't get it yep. you know there's no story to it and if there was a story implemented into that ad I think that's when the conceptualizing of photography or videography would become more important. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So story is important. Yeah. All right. So uh, Daniel, do you have anything um, else to like talk to, you know, tell this to the audience before we wrap this podcast up? Um, do I have anything else to say? No, actually I don't. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I probably do. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do I have to say? I, um, if anyone is a budding I don't know, conceptual photographer and wants advice, just message me. My DMs are open on at? Instagram at Daniel Adams Photography. Yeah, bring him to um, 10K, guys. Because I remember I the last am... time was... That was, a, uh, that was a time, right, when Daniel Adams was quite famous in the Instagram page where everybody wanted to promote him to make him about like 3K. I remember. Oh my God. That, that was, that was like... Yeah, that was, I, I have no idea where this thing caught up. It just suddenly blew up. Like everybody just keep reposting his thing. Right. Go follow. But that the goal was for your birthday, right? Yeah, I remember that. I posted like two weeks before my birthday, and I was like, "Hey guys, I really want to get to three k followers." Yeah. Um, I'm at like two thousand four hundred or five (laughs) hundred, and my follower count went up by like seven hundred within like three days, and I was like, "Huh?" That was okay. Do you initially (laughs) had a thought of? that happening or not no lah I just want nah, to post lah be like post, right? hey it's my birthday I would love to get to this milestone <laughs> no I mean this, this this goes to shows how many good friends you have out there I know who's keep reposting so your nice. stories oh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know who was it but I keep seeing not Mandy it wasn't Mandy but I keep seeing this particular person yeah. it was a girl lah I think 
the dictionary. Oh really? Okay. Was it her? I'm not sure. Yeah. But she keep po- reposting your story every single day. <laughs> it's like go follow, go follow, go follow. I'm like. I already follow. How am I supposed to unfollow and follow? Is it? Okay, we don't know who that is, but I can't remember who that is either. Yeah, uh, let's just. Uh, <laughs> you know, thank you to whoever you're that the was. You're the OG, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I completely remember that. Um, that was very. Yeah, nice. I mean, but honestly, like follow account doesn't matter. You know that it just yeah. it's the quality of the work and the quantity I'm putting out, which is well, it's not the quantity that I'm putting out. It's the quantity, the quantity that I'm putting out yep. where there is quality to the work. Yep. Um, and I think as long as I know the right people, I'm networking properly. It doesn't really matter how many people are following me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always nice, right? Just to have like a, a freaking following. 10,000 10, followers. Okay, la, it's not nice. Soon, soon, yeah, soon, yeah, yeah, soon. After yeah. this, But it's soon. not like, like, I won't die, you know? Mm, yep. I think I hate social media so much. <laughs> like, I've just, I've grown to hate it so much because I'm always on it and I'm always... Addicted to it. Addicted to social media and I'm always looking at numbers and stuff like that and it's just so unnecessary. I don't need it. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it's my job, so... Okay. I, I think I feel, yeah, you know, if, you, if you're running a social media yeah. agency, right, that's... Very that's stress. very important. It's very stressful. I find social media so stressful. <laughs> It's like, a, I have a very weird love-hate relationship with it. Nice. Okay, yeah, so that was my ending words. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, so hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. And hope you guys um, got something from this podcast as well. And if you want to follow Daniel Adams, it will be in at Daniel Adams Photography on Instagram. And I also put that link in the description below. If you guys are watching this, I mean hearing this from Spotify and Apple Music, do check out our channel and also subscribe and follow. And if you guys are watching this, our faces in... That thing just fell. But our faces in YouTube. <laughs> Consider subscribing and liking this video as well. It will help us a lot. Thank you guys for watching. Always go out there, discover, connect, and inspire. And I'll see you guys in the next video. Bye.